Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What I have for you today is the text of a letter written by Cardinal Paul Joseph Cordes, the former president of the Pontif- Pontifical Council Cor Unum. Cardinal Cordes is a defender of the Dubia Cardinals. His letter is designed to address the question of Mother Earth and the Christian. Here is the full text of that letter from LifeSite News. Mother Earth is not only called Pacamama. As a look on the internet shows, she is also worshipped worldwide under a different name. Gaia You, Bearer, Beloved, Nurturer, Divine. O you Mother of all being, you are Earth. Holy is your wisdom, holy thy being, holy thy nature, holy thy perfection, holy thy heart, holy your source, etc. A new goddess, Mother Earth, a cult object? Here for some Christians, some questions are due with regard to God's word. The Earth, the fall of man, the counter-divine power. In the Judeo-Christian revelation, statements about nature and creation are not intended to present the genesis of the cosmos and of man. Instead, they want to describe God and his relationship to man. Material and earthly elements mentioned are nevertheless by no means to be interpreted metaphorically. To dismiss them as a secondary would not correspond to Semitic thinking that avoids abstractions and is integrally concrete. That is why the objects mentioned in the book of Genesis, snake, fruit, tree of life, Garden of Eden, retain their expressive value for the right understanding. The Bible begins, God saw all that he had made. It was very good. See Genesis chapter 1 verse 31. Yahweh has accomplished a work that is continually being qualified as good and beautiful. Thus the believer admires creation. See Psalm 8, heaven, moon, and stars. See Psalm 104, earth, mountains, animals, and seasons. Not for its own sake, of course, but for the sake of Yahweh, who created it. Lord, how numerous are your works. With wisdom you have made them all. See Psalm 104, verse 24. Then, however, man transgresses God's commandment and immediately faces the judgment. Yahweh imposes on the first parents a comprehensive diminishment of their existence. Pain, toil, oppression, failure, expulsion from the Garden of Eden, the shadow of death. Man's relationship with God is destroyed to such an extent that creation as a whole perishes. Talmudic rabbis and Apocrypha later underlines the, this corruption of nature as a result of sin. So it says in the book of Jubilees, second century before Christ, immediately after the account of the expulsion. And on that day was closed the mouth of all beasts and of cattle and of birds and whatever walks and whatever moves so that they could no longer speak. And he sent out of the Garden of Eden all flesh that was in the Garden of Eden. And the quote-unquote fourth book of Ezra, written about 100 AD, writes, But when Adam transgressed my commandments, the, the creation was judged. O Adam, what have you done? 
When you sinned, the fall came not only upon you, but also upon us, your descendants. The New Testament is also foreign to any hint of an apotheosis of the cosmos. Jesus preaches, for instance, in the Sermon on the Mount, its God-related beauty, but he also knows about its transitoriness. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. See Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. The eschatological goal of history is still to be achieved. Christ calls his own to live already today in the light of tomorrow. In St. Paul, the contrast between God and the cosmos is evident. The apostle attributes it to sin which came into the world through the first man. See Romans chapter 5, verse 12. And the whole universe must be included in the history of salvation. We know that all creation groans and is in labor pains to this day. See Romans chapter 8, verse 22. The letter to the Hebrews incorporates the Old Testament eschatology as described by the prophets with realism. It is different from the Hellenistic cosmos worship, which is undramatic and idealizing. You, Lord, laid the foundations of the earth before time. The heavens are the work of your hands. They will pass away, but you remain. They all age like a garment. You roll them up like a cloak, and like a garment, they are changed. See Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10. The apocalyptic catastrophe is announced, which destroys the perishable and gives way to the permanent, so that the unshakable may remain. See Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27. The strongest warning against all Gaia Romanticism is given by the evangelist St. John. For him, the cosmos even proves to be an anti-divine force. Without Christ, the light which darkness has not grasped, see John chapter 1, verse 5, lies sin, death, and which prevail in the world and in history. They are in darkness, and they are a force that determines man, that oppresses and overwhelms, confuses and covers up. Encircled by the cosmos, God's creatures are loved by it and become its property, see John chapter 15, verse 19. It begins to rule over them. This alien access to man comes from the ruler of this world. See John chapter 12, verse 31, chapter 14, verse 30, and chapter 16, verse 11. No Gaia myth. This brief biblical review is critical of any nature mysticism. Homogenous planetary religions, esotericism, and shamanism line its path. The light of revelation opposes decidedly all worship that is not directed at God. Tempted in the desert, the Lord himself answers the devil with a quote from the Old Testament. You shall not bow down before other gods, and you shall not commit yourself to serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. See Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 9 and Matthew chapter 4 verse 10. Not worship of cosmic powers, but deliverance from them is the biblical message. The coming of Christ brings it about. Benedict XVI teaches it by referring to the Apostle Paul. He warns against a False doctrine, which refers to the elementary powers of the world, not Christ. See Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. It is not the elements of the cosmos that are the God whom one can pray. See Spes Salvi, paragraph 5. Any form of sentimental Gaia myth, von Balthasar called it a turning the globe into a love object, finally becomes downright cynical in view of the recent earthquakes in Albania and the Philippines, in view of volcanic eruptions and, of course, the tsunami in 2004. Gaia, beloved nurturer. Dreamy romantics stun us with their fantastic notions. Instead, they should observe the brutal laws decreed by Mother Earth, for example, in the animal world. The great Reinhold Schneider studied them in detail and recorded some of them in his notebooks, Winter in Vienna, 1958. 
only two small sections. Whoever reads them no longer doubts that the curse of sin has marked creation. Extract from that work. Let us only remember that every day, often told story of the parasite living in the intestines of certain birds, whose eggs creep into the snails through their feces. In these, the germs grow into tubes which penetrate the feelers. In the bloated feelers, it develops a stimulating play of colors and similar movements. This lures the birds to tear off the feelers. In this way, the parasites get back into their place, and the snail always grows antenna again, and they are always torn off. The snail is only the producer of the destroyers that destroy it and the birds. After the nuptial flight, an ant from the Mediterranean countries enters the breeding chambers of another species, climbs up the back of the legitimate queen, slowly saws her head off with its jaws, and now takes over her reign. The tiny, eyelish, thievish ant bites into the bodies of the host individuals in enormous quantities. Hostile individuals enter into open field battles that rage undecided for days on end and are otherwise ended by rain or thunderstorms. A new ecological sensitivity awakens in us an awareness of the beauty of the cosmos and rightly calls us to reverence it. Greta Thunberg is on everyone's lips. It would be fatal, however, if we were to forget the creator in light of creation, to bow down before the work instead of before its author. Today, more than ever, it is valid to say, our citizenship is in heaven. See the letter to the Philippians, chapter 3, verse 20. Thank you for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Give me your thoughts in the comments below. Ave Maria.